Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Love is in the air. Our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as Caleb Love buries a massive three for North Carolina. Currently, it is 78 76, and Love is going to the free throw line to try to. I'm not going to call it put it on ice for North Carolina because we've got 17 and a half seconds remaining, but to really be able to put a little bit of breathing room in there to try to make it a two possession game. This is a one and one right now. And we've got a great hour coming up for you. Dwayne Colucci. He does great work over there at the rampart. He is the manager of that race and sports book. He is going to be joining me in 30 minutes. We're going to be talking with them about the handle that he's got with regards to liability with Kansas who they wind up being able to get the job done here in the first game of the final four. And now it is whether or not they're going to be facing off against North Carolina or if they're going to be facing off against Duke. So we're going to be chatting with him in about 30 minutes. And that's going to be coming after we wind up finding out what winds up happening with this game as well as you've got Duke who winds up getting hacked with about 10 and a half seconds remaining. Trevor Keels going to be going to the free throw line pretty much Everything in terms of live betting, you're able to take the money line. I don't see why you would take a money line with 10 seconds remaining, especially if you like North Carolina's minus 295 on the money line. But that said, this has been just an absolutely bonkers game. And I can tell you right now, I've got North Carolina sort of penciled in with regards to my it, with regards to my national championship game. If it winds up being Kansas versus North Carolina, my handicap is going to be North Carolina being a five-point underdog we're going to be setting that total at a 149 so i've sort of settled in on what i'm going to be making this game if we do wind up getting it if it winds up being duke versus kansas i think that you've got to have kansas as a favorite at this point a lot of look at numbers they wind up having duke as that favorite but duke has shown a lot of vulnerability with regards to their defense and that has been the issue for duke really throughout the entirety of the ncaa tournament and they wind up having the one guy that you could not wind up going to the free throw line and mark williams Go to the free throw line. It's something that I always talk about. When you wind up laying these numbers of four, five points when it comes to these games, and it might not wind up mattering with regards to the spread, but certainly with regards to the straight up standpoint, if you wind up taking one of those teams that is a bit of a favorite and in a late game situation, you've got a sub 70% free throw shooter at the free throw line. That is the worst feeling in all of sports betting, in my opinion. You just do not want that whatsoever, knowing that your bet is hanging in the balance on Captain Mick Uncoordinated Jr. 
every single time. It winds up getting you. Every time. It does not fail. The ball winds up finding the guy that can't shoot well from the free throw line. And now you've got Trevor Keels at the free throw line for Duke. 0 of 1 on the night. He shoots for the year 68% at the charity stripe. Now he does bury the first. So give him credit there. But now you're really relying upon him being able to bury the second one. And then from there, you're hoping that if you're Duke, you're able to generate a turnover. If you don't wind up being able to get the second one, you better get the rebound. They do not wind up getting the rebound. And Caleb Love going to the free throw line with 7.8 seconds remaining. If he winds up hitting both of these, that's pretty much game set and match right there. So, boy, free throw shooting might wind up coming back to hurt Duke in this one. It is one of the most important things that you could take a look at when it comes to handicapping any form of basketball now in the NBA, you're able to be a little bit more sure-handed with regards to your free throw shooters, unless if you wind up having like a heck of Andre Drummond-like sort of strategy or something like that, which he's improved in recent years. By the way, speaking of the NBA, you have just seen this game wind up going final. The Golden State Warriors get the job done against the Utah Jazz, who just upchucked all over themselves late in that game, 111 to 107. Golden State winds up closing as a two and a half point underdog. You were able to get some really good live numbers there. Total winds up, depending on your number going over slash under this, there were some books that closed this thing right around 218. There were some books that closed this more around at 219, as we saw a little bit of a dip in the total. But now you've got North Carolina now going to the free throw line for one more free throw, 80 to 77, 7.8 seconds remaining. Pretty much everything taken off the board with regards to a live betting standpoint. So now it is all about are we going to be getting Duke or are we going to be getting North Carolina taking on Kansas in the national title game? I lean to thinking that we are not going to be seeing our good friends Duke in the national title game. And what a career it is going to be for Coach K, who I will say with regards to an in-game coaching job, he did a much, much better job this year than he had done in the past. You just took a look at it in that game against Texas Tech going from zone to, or from man to man to zone that was actually a very good decision by him the way that he's utilized jeremy roach here in the ncaa tournament i think that you actually have to give coach k a lot of kudos the big is knock i've ever had on him is that he's always great at being able to recruit he's good at being able to get his guys in good spots pre-game but in game he doesn't necessarily make as many in-game decisions and this year he's been doing a little bit more of that it looks like that fairy tale ride might be coming to an end as caleb love buries the second one 81.77, 8.2 seconds remaining, and Duke needs a miracle. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Duke needs a miracle here. Are they going to be able to get it? They're out of timeout, so they're not going to be able to regroup. Trevor Keels gets the ball. He's going to hoist away from three. He does not wind up getting it. That's a rebound. That is going to do it. North Carolina versus Kansas is going to be the national title game matchup, and if you are holding on to a Kansas future, you've got to be feeling very good about that. No question about it. And for Coach K, wraps up a very good career. But how about if we take a look at the coach on the other side, Hubert Davis? This is a North Carolina team that five and a half, six weeks ago, they lost on their home floor to Pittsburgh as a two-touchdown favorite. Now, here they are, six weeks later, partaking in a national title game. There were thoughts... Prior to that second North Carolina versus Duke game that 
if if North Carolina winds up losing that game to Duke and then they flame out in the ACC tournament that they might not even get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. A lot of people were saying that if that wound up being the case, the only reason why North Carolina was going to make the NCAA tournament is because the NCAA has a bias towards getting blue bloods into the field. Well, they were able to get that big win at Cameron Indoor and ever since then they have been on a nice heater run. And what has really been the difference maker for North Carolina is that Caleb Love, the guy that wound up hitting the big shot late in this game, has stepped up and has been the man for this team in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Armando Baycott has been able to do a terrific job down low, but you take a look at Caleb Love. When you've needed a hero for North Carolina, he has been that guy. He wound up having those clutch shots that they wind up needing so badly in that game against UCLA. And here tonight, he winds up burying that three that winds up putting North Carolina up by four with less than a minute left to go. Duke just unable to do a whole heck of a lot with it. And now you've got North Carolina finding themselves in the national title game. And if you took a look at odds to be the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament, you were able to get some good odds on these North Carolina guys. Caleb Love, 20 to one. Armando Baycott at 10 to one. And I think that it's conceivable that if you wind up seeing North Carolina lose to Kansas, but it's a relatively tight game. It's something like we're going to spitball here, 78 to 76, 78 to 75. And you wind up having Baycott wind up going for either like 20 rebounds in the next game, or you wind up having Caleb Love just bury some insane threes. Both of these guys might be in play for that award as well. So you could wind up seeing this most outstanding player award wind up going to perhaps one of the guys from the losing team because O'Shea Obaji looked really good in the final four game against Villanova. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was able to do his part. And then you wind up seeing what David McCormick was able to do as well, 25 points. I mean, that was something that I don't think a lot of people wound up having as most outstanding player award odds coming into what we wound up seeing on Saturday, you wound up having Mr. McCormick outside of 25 to one. So that's really a little bit more of a value shot right there. But the fact that we've got North Carolina here in this title game, it's absolutely insane because we've only seen two other eight or three other eight seeds, I should say, be able to make the national title game because you wound up seeing it with Kentucky a few years ago. That was where you had just that insane seven versus eight seed UConn versus Kentucky game, which you wound up having story programs, but the entire board just wound up breaking down. I mean, everything went to mush that season. And then you wound up seeing it when Butler wound up making their Herculean run to the national title game. I think that that was against UConn as well. And then obviously you had the 1985 Villanova team that they wind up playing the perfect second half. They wind up being able to take down Villanova. So just absolutely historic what you've seen from North Carolina. And for those that were wondering, Oh, is Hubert Davis necessarily the guy for North Carolina? Oh no, things are looking bad. They wound up losing to Pittsburgh. I think that this goes to show you that teams can wind up peaking in March as well. I mean, you take a look at some of the best teams that coach John Calipari has had. A lot of his teams that wind up entering into the NCAA tournament as a one seed, a two seed, they oftentimes wind up letting you down. Obviously, Anthony Davis was able to lead Kentucky to a national title game back in 2012. That was actually the last time that you wound up seeing a Final Four out there in New Orleans, but it's really been a case of which Kentucky has done some of their best work as a little bit of a lower-seeded team. You've seen it time and time again with Michigan State, all the Final Fours that they've made as a seed of three or lower. Meanwhile, typically when they wind up getting a higher seed, it's been a little bit more of an uphill struggle for them, and I do feel like that is the case as well. Now with the transfer portal, 
with having so many moves in general in college basketball, I think that you've got to be looking. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Yeah, a little bit more and waiting it a little bit more as to how teams are playing down the stretch. Like, I wanted filling out Kansas with regards to my national champion when it came to the bracket the day that it was released. The reason why I wound up going with Kansas is not because they were my number one power rated team. It wasn't even necessarily because I thought that they were the best team in the field. It's because they wound up in recent form having Remy Martin being able to come on looking very, very strong for Kansas and Kansas. They just wound up getting a little bit of a better draw in general. Let's call it what it is. Gonzaga's road to be able to make a national title. That would have been just absolutely brutal. Villanova. They certainly added. They certainly had a little bit of a tough draw as well. They were going to have to play either Arizona or Houston. They wind up getting by, but they wind up falling a little bit short here today. And then there's just some more injuries. It's just some more injury, but you got to be taking a little bit of a look at that. And coming up next, we now know that we've got North Carolina versus Kansas. I'll give you my early thoughts, my early breakdown on this game. And that's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bang Network. and experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, and wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to enjoy that nicotine satisfaction? Well, then just look for three letters. ZYN. Zinnick theme pouches are the satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free tobacco alternative. They come in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch and is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Go ahead on over to zinn.com slash find to be able to locate a store that is nearest you. That is zyn.com slash find. A warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, that is an addictive chemical and Something else that is addictive, just college basketball in general. We've got our national title game set as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And going to get a little bit of a buying the book perspective from everything that we've been seeing as well. Dwayne Clucci does a great job over there at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. He's going to be joining me at 
8.15 p.m. Pacific time. Those of you guys out there on the East Coast, 11.30 p.m. So right around 13, 14 minutes from now, we're going to get his thoughts here. But we've got Duke versus North Carolina, and we've got openers coming out. This opened up in a lot of spots at a four and a half. This has been quickly piled driven down to a four in most spots. And right now, your total, you're finding it anywhere between a 152 and a half and a 153 and a half. DraftKings and Circa, where I'm at right now, they're really the lowest numbers in the market. The high point in the market is 153 and a half, seeing a couple 153. So things are starting to settle in right now with that. But I think that Kansas should be a little bit more of a five point favorite. I'm going to be finding myself on Kansas in this one, unless we see a relatively dramatic line move, which I mean, these numbers just came out. So we could wind up seeing that. But that said, with Kansas, I was just very impressed by what we wound up seeing out of them today. And we all talk about the offense of Kansas, and rightfully so, because Kansas, they wound up doing an amazing job in this game against Villanova, going 13 of 24 from three-point range. But what I love about Kansas is that there's something that is very unique in college basketball, and it's something that you very rarely find, and few teams are able to do it. But when they're able to do it, it is absolutely amazing. Kansas is what I like to call a chameleon. They're able to play fast. They're able to play slow. They're able to play mid-tempo, and they do a good job no matter what because you take a look at this Kansas team. They have really been able to put up the points recently. They have now been able to break the 76-point plateau in four out of their five NCAA tournament games, but you take a look at the amount of points that they have been allowing 65 points or fewer now in nine out of their last 10 games. I mean, they've been doing an absolutely amazing job on defense. I should actually say eight out of their last nine, but still, I mean, this has been a defense that has been one of the best in all of college basketball really the last month or so of the season, allowing opponents to shoot 27.2% from three in their last 14 games entering today. Now they're going to be going up against a North Carolina team that they are going to have Armando Baycott down low. Baycott was absolutely terrific in this game. 21 rebounds before falling out with just seconds remaining in the game. But when it comes to being able to contain him, I think David McCormick is going to be able to do an okay job. Now in the battle of McCormick versus Baycott, I do give Baycott the advantage. I mean, you just seen it. He's had 20 plus rebounds in each of the last two games of the NCAA tournament. That just doesn't happen. The last player to grab 20 plus rebounds in a game was Mr. Collison over there at Kansas in 2003. So I mean, that just speaks to how great he was in this game. And Caleb Bluff, he has been able to come up big in massive moments for North Carolina. But let's take a look at O'Shea Obaji, a guy that was a finalist for National Player of the Year, a guy that wound up being able to bury each out of his first six three-pointers in this game. And both of these teams, to their credit, it's typically very difficult to be able to shoot from three when it comes to a little bit more of a football stadium that does wind up getting converted into a basketball arena. Both of these teams did a relatively solid job. North Carolina, they shot 10 of 26 from three-point range. That's actually above their season average because when it comes to road and neutral court environments, North Carolina was shooting right around 34% from three coming into this game. At home, they were shooting more around 39% from three. So to their credit, they were able to do a solid job. And a big reason why North Carolina was able to get by and they were able to get the job done against Duke is the versatility that you wind up having of Brady Manic. Manic wound up having 14 points, four rebounds, but you took a look at him in the first half. You wound up having just two points in the second half. You wound up having a double-figure amount of points. But who's going to be able to match up with him? That'd be Jalen Wilson. Wilson actually wound up beginning the first couple games of the season for Kansas. Actually suspended. He had a little bit of a DUI suspension towards the beginning part of the season. And it took him a little bit of time to get acclimated with regards to everything that Kansas wanted to be able to do this year. They brought him along slowly. But with him 
being able to provide a little bit of outside shooting, much like Brady Manic is able to. He's not quite the three-point shooter that you're going to be seeing from Manic, but with that said, with him being able to really provide a little bit of a dual threat for this team, I think that's going to be very big. And then Christian Brown is someone that you certainly got to be taking a look at. I think that he's the best Swiss Army knife sort of guy they're going to be fighting in this game. Someone that for Kansas has been able to bury 39% of his threes. A guy that's able to give you 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block per game. He is the ultimate stat you'd suffer in this game. So I do think that that is going to be lining itself in favor of Kansas. And when it comes to North Carolina, you got about as emotional of a win as humanly possible in the first ever Duke versus North Carolina NCAA tournament game, you just wound up ending the career of Coach K. Now you have to come back right around 48 hours later and play for a national championship. I got to think that that's going to be a little bit difficult on these guys. Now, when it comes to what you're able to get out of North Carolina, I certainly think that they're still going to be able to provide a very good effort, but you got to wonder how much of what they wind up doing here today is going to wind up draining them a little bit more. And, I do think that it's a case in which with Jalen Wilson being able to provide what he's been able to here in the back half of the season, we're going to take it from January 15th on final 22 games, 13 and a half points, eight boards, seal per game, shooting right around 31% from three. That is going to be a hard guard for a North Carolina team that they don't give you too many looks. The only bench points that they wound up getting in this game were from Puff Johnson because there was a little bit of an injury scare with Armando Baycott and you got to be taking a look at his status as well because he wound up coming down a little bit tough on that knee. Now, you hope that it was just a cramp. You hope that it's a case in which it's not going to be affecting him for this next game. But if it even in the slightest winds up affecting him, that's going to put North Carolina by in the eight ball because they really have no depth whatsoever. Now, it's not like Kansas is just oozing with depth or anything like that, but the return of Remy Martin has been able to allow them to do that. Now, had a little bit of pedestrian game against Villanova, but a guy that from the beginning of the Big 12 tournament until the elite eight of the NCAA tournament wound up seeing his point total increase in every single game. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be a difference maker or anything like that, but at the very least with Kansas, you've got a guy, Mitch Lightfoot, who you're able to bring in off the bench. A guy that's able to give you like five points, three rebounds. Once again, it sounds like, Mitch Lightfoot is a guy that's going to be putting Kansas over the top, but at the very least, what Kansas is able to do is they're able to give you a couple different looks. North Carolina has really been going with a five-man rotation, so that winds up taking a little bit more out of you as well, and Kansas, they wind up having things in the bag a little bit more against Villanova. This game between North Carolina and Duke, it was drag them out. It was a 40-minute fight throughout. So that is going to probably take a little bit more of a toll on a North Carolina team that doesn't necessarily have as much depth as well. And with this Kansas team in general, they've been able to do a very solid job of being able to hit their threes all season long. And what has been a little bit of a kryptonite when it comes to the offense of North Carolina has been turning the ball over. And fortunately, they do wind up drawing North Carolina, a team that has just been absolutely anemic with being able to draw turnovers. This is a North Carolina team that they wound up getting over doubled up with regards to turnover battle against Duke. Duke wound up turning the ball over only about four to five times. You wound up having North Carolina turn it over 10 times. They are not going to be able to do that and expect to be able to get to victory against Kansas, a Kansas team that has relatively active hands. And you take a look at North Carolina coming into this game in a road and neutral court environment this season. They have forced a turnover on 12% of possessions away from home. Here are the teams that wound up forcing a turnover on a per-possession basis fewer than North Carolina prior to this game. The Citadel, 
I pause because that is the end of the list. They are the only team that in terms of turnovers per possession away from home, wound up forcing fewer than North Carolina. So I do think that that is going to allow Kansas to be able to operate exactly how they want to. I do think that North Carolina is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to guard the three-point arc. And I think that it's a little bit far-fetched to think that both of these teams are going to shoot it from three-point range the way that they wound up doing so today. I did wind up saying my total as a result, more around a 149. We are seeing in a lot of books, this is opening up right in the pocket of right around 152.5 was the low point, 153.5 was the high point, and a lot of these are settling in right around a 153. So I'm going to be putting myself on the angle of taking a look at an under in this game because, I mean, both of these teams are fast. North Carolina, they're right around 65th with regards to possessions per game. Kansas are more around 95th to 100th, but it's not like these teams are absolutely blasting it down the court. And when it winds up coming to a big spot like this, if things are very tight in the final couple minutes of the game, you wind up seeing in Duke versus North Carolina, things wind up slowing down. In the case of Duke versus North Carolina, guys just wind up hitting shots, which allowed you to be able to get it over there. I don't think that lightning is going to be striking twice. So I take a look at this spot. I like the under, and I do like Kansas to be able to cover as I'm setting them as a five-point favorite. And now we've got to go behind the book. We've got to be able to get a little bit of a perspective from a man that is one of the most friendly out here in Las Vegas. That would be Dwayne Lucci. He's going to be joining me next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March, now April Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack lineup and their starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot and cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's has the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes and it's simply oj to be able to break it home make a fast break to your nearest wendy's drive-thru and pick up your wendy's breakfast the official breakfast of march madness choose wisely and choose wendy's as it is a great peterson experience right here on visa and the sports betting network and it is a pleasure to be joined by Dwayne Colucci. He does an amazing job over there at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. One of the most friendly men that you're going to meet out here in the lovely city of Las Vegas as well. And you're able to find him on Twitter, uh, on Twitter at NYBookieDwayne. And Dwayne, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks, Greg. It's always a pleasure to join you and uh, definitely to talk some college hoops because you are the master. We know that. <laughs> oh, it is absolutely tremendous what we're seeing and Hopefully we can wind up getting Kansas home for my bracket on on Monday. I know that there are many people out there that they might be holding a North Carolina feature and they're going to be hoping for the opposite. And we're going to start right there. What sort of liability do you have on these two teams? Because with North Carolina, they were a team that, I mean, six weeks ago, we were wondering if they were actually going to make the NCAA tournament or not. Meanwhile, Kansas, we knew that they were going to be making the tournament. Only question was whether they'd be on the one seed line or the two seed line. So I have to imagine that the liability is a little bit more on Kansas right now. Yeah, definitely, Greg. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, like you said, North Carolina was a team that basically was limping into the tournament, whereas you had a one or two seed guaranteed for Kansas. So we are seeing a, lot, a little liability. Nothing too severe, but uh, we did open the game, the national title game, 
at four and a half, a uh, total of 153. And we've already seen some nibbles on North Carolina down to four at the Rampart and South Point. So, you know, from a future standpoint, yeah, there's small liability on Kansas, not as much on Carolina, just because of the fact of the positioning, uh, you know, basically after the uh, ACC regular season. Yeah, it was absolutely insane what we wound up seeing from the ACC all throughout the NCAA tournament because there was rumors of perhaps a one-bit ACC, which obviously I think we can look in hindsight and start to laugh about that one a little bit. But certainly with Miami making the Elite Eight, Duke and North Carolina making the Final Four, and North Carolina going to the national title game, they proved themselves to be more than worthy of those bids to the NCAA tournament and perhaps maybe a few others. But when it comes to this game right now, we're seeing a lot of openers that have come out. You've got yourself Kansas and a lot of places finding themselves a four-point favorite with a total of 153. That is currently the South Point number as well. I'm sure that you don't have too many bettings plus right now as to what we've seen on the game because the line wound up getting set right around, I would say, about 20 or so minutes ago. But what do you anticipate with regards to this? And does the futures liability ever wind up playing into a situation like this, these big games like the national title game, the Super Bowl, World Series, list goes on and on? Because I have to think that when it comes to these title games, you do wind up having to balance a few different things. Yeah, definitely. As bookmakers, Greg, we have to pay attention to that. And it's very important because if you do have a severe liability, uh, something just, for example, you know, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, we did get plied with a lot of money prior to Tom Brady, uh, you know, announcing his comeback. So now if they do make the big game and you still have some of that liability, we can't sell it off. You definitely are going to jack them up or make the point spread more favorable to the opponent of the Buccaneers so that it's more attractive to the better and they start to bet on that side and that's why it was a little high at the rampart and south point you know we pumped kansas up to four and a half i did see bet mgm open it up like in the two and a half three range i think three and a half is just about the right number uh Greg, you know, uh, I think that's going to be probably where it lands, but we did make it a little more attractive just because of that liability on the futures and so forth. Uh, so some people will bet North Carolina, and you're going to tend to do that as a bookmaker if the liability is really, really severe. You might even see uh, a point out of whack in some instances. But, you know, this is definitely going to be a competitive game. I think it's an excellent, excellent matchup. You saw both teams score 81 today, exact same score. Uh, you definitely saw Carolina down the stretch. They were very impressive and they were able to shut down and neutralize Duke. Whereas Kansas just had a steady flow and a consistent monstrous game, Greg. I mean, they just overpowered Villanova. Granted Villanova was short, man. I think that Duke was the harder opponent when you're looking at the two teams that went down in defeat, but definitely a credit to Kansas. And it's just, did they peak that one game too soon? That's what's going to be the telling tale. Yep, I think it's going to be so fascinating to see what we wind up getting out of this game because let me tell you right now, the folks over there in Indianapolis, that would be where the NCAA's headquarters are at. They are not mad about this one. Whenever you get North Carolina versus Kansas matching up in the national title game, ratings typically, they're not going to be lacking. They would much rather have that rather than like Miami versus St. Peter's, which there was actually a chance that we were getting that in the Elite Eight. So I'm sure that they will certainly settle for Kansas versus North Carolina in this one. And did you wind up getting saved at all by Duke wind up going down in this one? Because I have to think that you wind up having a little bit more liability on Kansas versus Villanova, but coach K final ride. You wind up seeing the line actually before the North Carolina versus Duke game. It was four all week winds up ticking up to four and a half. 
Did you wind up getting saved at all by the fact that it is going to be North Carolina in the title game rather than Duke? Yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, it made the day a lot more favorable, Greg. Once again, you are correct, and you did see a tick up right before game time. We started to get plied with the Coach K and Duke money. You know, definitely the general public started to back them, and all parlays and all that taken down. You know, that definitely helped. And Duke, uh, a lot of people felt that Coach K was going to go out on a winning note or at least play in the title game, especially after you know his last game. At home, North Carolina laid a beating on them. And uh, once again, North Carolina love is just amazing. I'll tell you, Greg, this kid really, when he elevates his level, which he did in the Sweet 16, the second half, as well as tonight in the second half, he becomes very difficult to stop. And then it just opens it up for the rest of the team. So, you know, I really like this kid. I, I think he now is probably the front runner to win, uh, you know, the most valuable of the tournament, barring a massive performance by uh, Kansas in this game. I kind of like North Carolina a little. I think they showed a lot of spunk. It was really a testament to get Coach K out of there. A lot of pressure on both sides, but you know, a great uh, coaching job by Coach Davis as well. You could see, you know, he transpired all that North Carolina blood. And, you know, I, I used to watch him play for the Knicks. He, he was just a fabulous three-point shooter. And now he's become a college coach and maybe even someday a head coach in the NBA. Who knows? I mean, this is a, a only – a handful of times, I'm not even sure, a couple times maybe, Greg, where in a first season a coach has gone to the championship game. Yeah, it's absolutely insane what we've been seeing really with Hubert Davis in his first year at North Carolina. They wound up losing six weeks ago as a two-touchdown home favorite against Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh team that they've lost on their home floor to the Citadel to begin the year. Right. So that tells you exactly how far North Carolina has been able to come there. So going to be a tremendous national title game and the other sport that i really handicapped wayne that'd be baseball and i know that you're getting set for the season i know that you're someone that you love baseball as well what sort of action have you been seeing with regards to the futures market along with some of these season wins as well because i'm sure that there's a lot of people that are starving to be able to get our national pastime back especially when it looked like we might not have it for the first few months of the normal season, things like this. And we are going to be getting it back starting up on Thursday. Yeah. Once the, uh, you know, it starts to wind down and you start to end the NBA season, the NHL college basketball now on the cusp of ending, everybody focuses on baseball and, you know, uh, interesting happenings right off the bat. Let's start with the Mets who are definitely a, a popular item at the futures market and the over. And now you do have injuries to DeGrom and Scherzer, which is massive. I mean, if these guys can't go and especially Jacob DeGrom where they've already shut him down for four or five weeks, Ah, that's going to be very interesting to see if the Mets make some moves and uh, definitely jockey around their roster. The Dodgers are always popular in the futures market, Greg, especially here in Las Vegas. I mean, betting them over to win, uh, you know, win the World Series. They have such a, an enamoring roster. They pay a lot of money to put that product on the field. They've been very consistent and, you know, a playoff threat year in, year out. Uh, also, one of the betting markets uh, that's been very popular have been the White Sox. 
Sox. I, I mean, that's a weird division in my uh, opinion. We have seen some Twins money, but uh, definitely those are a few of the teams that we're seeing some good futures action. Also, the Red Sox under has been bet, uh, on the, the uh, win total, actually, under. I've seen a few of the Sharps take action on that. You know, they did have a, a pretty decent season last year, but I think uh, some of the Sharps are looking elsewhere, looking at Toronto, looking at teams like that, the Yankees, other possibilities in the American League. But the Dodgers are always popular in the futures market. The Mets were, but I think a lot of that is going to subside. We're going to make some adjustments there now on their win total, uh, you know, with the health of DeGrom in question. Yep, it's going to be very interesting to see what we wind up seeing out of both Eastern divisions, both the AL East and the NL East. Dwayne, I know that you're going to be locked in on all this. I know that you're taking a bunch of action right now across all sports, and I appreciate the time tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Greg. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. One of the best around. Dwayne Colucci joining me right here on the show. Great to be able to get him aboard. And coming up next, we are going to preview the American League East right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Opening day of the MLB season and opening day of the Masters are on the same day, so that means in the first week of April, things will be jam-packed with intel from our experts. We'll be giving you guys a breakdown of every single golfer in the Masters field, plus future bets and matchups from the Long Shots crew. That'd be Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. And if you sign up today to be able to get full access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft, that's all for just $19. And that is at VEASAN.com slash spring, as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A big thanks to Dwayne Colucci for joining me in the last segment. And we're going to be talking some baseball a little bit later on in the show from a National League perspective as Matt Paul, he does pre and post game work for the Milwaukee Brewers. He also does work over there with ESPN Milwaukee as well. You've heard him on Sports Map Radio and he's actually done updates for us over here at VSIN as well. He's going to be joining me at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you're out there on the East Coast, that is going to be 12.30 a.m. So it's going to be absolutely tremendous to have him aboard. We're going to talk some Brewers. We're going to talk some NL Central. But here we have to talk about the American League East. We were talking with our friend Dwayne Clucci, and he was mentioning that a few Sharps were piling in on the Boston Red Sox with regards to the under on their season win total. And if you take a look at divisions in baseball, I think that this is going to be one of the most competitive races that we're going to be seeing. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Because you've got a trio of teams that are towards the top. You've got the... New York Yankees along with the Toronto Blue Jays, which are Blue Jays, if you're looking at most markets, you're going to be finding them with the highest prop with regards to over-under season wins among all these teams. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Rays that are right there as well. If you're looking at the season-long odds to be able to win the division, it is plus 170 for the Blue Jays at DraftKings. You're finding the Yankees at plus 200. Rays are at plus 320. And all these teams are north of minus $2 to be able to make the playoffs themselves. You've got the Boston Red Sox at plus 550. They're minus 120 to be able to make the playoffs as well. And then the poopy Baltimore Orioles at 150 to one to win the division 18 to one to make the postseason. And if you want to really just light your money on fire, just betting on the Baltimore Orioles to do anything good whatsoever. There you go. It's minus 10,000 on them to be able to make miss the postseason. I would say that you'd be better off putting that money into a CD. Inflation is quite big right now. So you're not going to get a whole lot of value there. You might as well try to look for other investments. I mean, it's going to get there, but the only question is by how much and how quickly are you going to be able to cash out? Because you might be losing money, just holding your money there in storage, essentially before you wind up being able to cash out with the Orioles, not making the bow season, but what I do think is so intriguing with regards to the Toronto Blue Jays is the pitching staff because they do wind up losing Robbie Ray, but at the same time, they've done a good job of being able to reload. I do have my concerns with Kevin Gosman, though, because with Kevin Gosman, he wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it towards the back half of the season. They did wind up losing Steven Matz as well. Now, Steven Matz, not necessarily a world beater with regards to what he was able to do, a very up and down guy. With that said, I'm really curious to see what we wind up getting out of Yusei Kikuchi as well, because he was over there at Seattle the last few seasons. While he was with Seattle, he was through his first, I would say, two years, a very low strikeout guy. He did a much better job of being able to get swings and misses this last season with the Mariners. So I think that he might be a little bit of a fit with the Toronto Blue Jays. But the big thing with him is that he gives up a couple too many home runs. And with the Blue Jays, they... I wouldn't say play in some sort of a bandbox, but it certainly has not been the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the world, so you do have your question marks there. And then with Kevin Gosman, he actually pitched a little bit better on the road than he did at home, so I do think that that's an encouraging sign. You have to be a little bit cautious that he did wind up having a second half of the season that was less than ideal. After the All-Star break, he wound up having an ERA that was closer to more like a 3-5 to a 4-ish rather than the sub-2 ERA that he wound up having going into the All-Star break. So that is a little bit intriguing. And then when it comes to Tampa Bay Rays, I actually expect a little bit of regression. I know that banking on Tampa Bay Rays regression has not necessarily paid off in a lot of seasons because this team is an absolute machine. But the big thing that I expect regression with is with regards to the offense. The Tampa Bay Rays were a top four offense with regards to run scored on a per game basis last season. And if you take a look at their batting average and the expected batting average versus the actual batting average, they had the most overinflated actual batting average, which means that they got a little bit lucky at the plate last season. They did wind up losing quite a few guys in the off season. You are now going to be without Colin McHugh. You are also without Nelson Cruz, who was just a big part of what this team was able to do last season. What I think is going to be intriguing is what you're going to be able to get out of the young gun in Wanda Franco, who 
has had a relatively rough spring. He's been hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200, but you take a look at what he wound up doing after he wound up getting injured towards the beginning part of the season last year in the back half. Guy was absolutely amazing, and this is a file five-tool athlete right here, a guy that's able to do a great job on the base pass. He's able to be a tremendous fielder, a guy that hasn't been able to show a ton of power to this point, but I think that it's coming with them. And then I'm also curious to see what you wind up getting out of Austin Meadows as well, because Austin Meadows was a part of that Chris Archer deal, which if you're wanting to look back at Major League Baseball history, I'm wondering, hmm, what were some of the worst deals in the history of Major League Baseball? Chris Archer deal. That is towards the top of it. I mean, you just take a look at it. The the Pittsburgh Pirates wound up trading away for Chris Archer, Austin Meadows, Shane Boz, who might wind up being the best player in this deal. And then they also wound up giving away Tyler Glasnow for Chris Archer, who wound up being there for two years. So, oh boy, our good friends, the Buckos cannot get out of their own way. So then you go figure. We're going to talk about the NL Central a little bit more next hour. They're down towards the season win total. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. But when it comes to Austin Meadows, you wound up seeing him in the 2019 season. Looked like he was going to be just an absolute flamethrower in this league. A guy that wound up having an on-base percentage of a 364. Wound up belting 33 home runs that season. Power numbers came back last season, but the thing was is that he only wound up hitting more around a 235-ish. So that is a little bit concerning. He's a guy that has some very demonstrative splits as well. When you take a look at it, this is someone that, against left-handed pitching, wound up hitting only about a buck 98, and he wound up having 24 out of his 27 home runs against right-handers. So I do think that it is a case of which you're going to see the the Tampa Bay Rays platoon a lot in. I mean, that is a specialty of the Tampa Bay Rays. They are a team that they do a good job of just being able to play the matchups themselves. When it comes to Kevin Cash, for better or for worse, he is a guy that he acts as if every single game of the season is the last game of the regular season. So he's invested in your bet. He's going to try to get it there for you. But at the same time, sometimes that winds up hurting the team. You wind up seeing that in that postseason series against the Boston Red Sox, in which the team was just absolutely gassed from using up their bullpen too early during the front portion of that series. So that is going to be a little bit of an issue for you. And I do think that when it comes to the Boston Red Sox, who Dwayne Clucci was mentioning was being faded quite a bit. I do think that the fate is a little bit premature because I take a look at a guy like Rafael Devers and I think that he's in for another big year. He had 280 with 38 bombs last season. They did wind up picking up Kyle Schwarber, which why they wind up picking up Kyle Schwarber as a rental I thought was a little bit intriguing because he really didn't do a ton for the team. I felt like they needed a little bit more pitching. So I felt like that was a move that was really a nothing burger. Him leaving is not necessarily the world's biggest thing, but the big giant one. Well, it's not a $1 million question because this guy's going to be making a whole lot, a lot more than that is Chris sale. What are you going to be able to get out of him? Because you could tell that it wasn't a fully 100% Chris sale. He was able to do solid during the regular season. But if you take a look at his starts, during the regular season and who they were all against. I think that that points to as to why Chris Sale wound up going five and one, because here's who the starts were against during the regular season, the poopy Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, Minnesota twins. He did wind up facing up against the Rays twice in those two starts. He did wind up allowing just three earned runs. So that was not too bad. But once again, the Orioles two more times, the Washington nationals and the New York Metropolitans. So, he wound up having a very favorable schedule in the regular season. Then when the postseason wound up hitting, he wound up going straight down the toilet bowl. So that is going to be hurting this Boston Red Sox team a little bit. And when it comes to Nick Pavetta, 
a guy with very demonstrative home and road splits, a guy that walks a ton of batters and actually does his best work away from home. Tanner Houck is a guy that I think could really be an X factor for the team. And with the Red Sox, they actually have a couple decent bullpen arms. Someone like a Jake Diekman, someone like a Urikazu Sawamura. These guys are able to be relatively solid. And you know that the Red Sox are going to put up runs, especially with the addition of Trevor Story. Bobby Dahlbeck is a little bit of a younger guy that should be seeing a lot of run throughout the season. Even the pickup of Rob Rebsider, who could be a little bit of a platoon outfielder. I think that they've done a good job with regards to their offense. I think that if you're looking at over teams out there in Major League Baseball, Boston Red Sox are certainly going to be towards the top of the list with J.D. Martinez and all that he's able to do at the DH spot. I would honestly, out of all the teams in the American League East, the one that I'd be looking over on is probably the Boston Red Sox. I feel like they've been faded a little bit too much, and the team that I'd be looking a little bit more towards the under on would probably be the New York Yankees, just because with the Yankees, you got so many question marks when it comes to that pitching. The bullpen is not what it once was as well, and I feel like they could be prone for some very feast or famine days with regards to the way that that lineup is set up as well. And obviously, don't bet on the Baltimore Orioles to make the postseason. If you take away anything, don't fire in on that long shot. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at some more MLB futures right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The kid. The kid. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 